0: Destiny, a game that encourages teamwork, communication, precision, and a whole lot of fucking swearing. We aren't your usual Destiny
1: podcast. We are the Destiny stream. learning you some Destiny and swearing for charity. Join us on the first and third weeks of the month as we release new episodes and provide you with awesome tips lore understanding, and game mechanics to help you improve your experience in the game of Destiny.
0: Did we mention we swear for charity, too?
1: Fuck oh, yeah, we did.
2: Destiny Street Podcast. Learn you some Destiny. On
3: iTunes and Google Play.
4: You enter the room and can either go through the left or right door. Which way do you want to take Grozla through, Mike? Go left. Right. You uh. open the right door and see a goblin horde fiercely attacking orcs as arrows barely miss you. Ugh. Come on! What's wrong, Keith? I don't know.
3: I don't know, man. Is is there any way you could just make this like a little more compelling? How How do you want me to make it more
4: compelling? I don't know, man. I'm like... I'm doing my best. I'm describing the scenes to you. I'm I'm Look, getting did you into in it. Some battle sounds or something. Well, I mean, you mean like battle bards? Exactly like battle bards. You open the right door and see a goblin horde fiercely attacking orcs as arrows barely miss you. Is that better, Keith? Yeah, no, that was a lot better. I
3: actually feel like I'm there in the battle now.
4: Head on over to BattleBards.com and bring your tabletop adventures to life today. Hello, I'm Daniel Doc Gentry. Welcome to the world of Enon. I am its creator and your narrator. Sit back and relax as I take you out of your reality and into my nightmare's dream world. Welcome to the Bros and Dragons podcast. Today, we will be following the adventures of Keith Ross, I play Captain Martin Firewell,
3: a human
0: male barbarian. John Sika, and I play Alicia Fargo, a
5: female human rogue. Tom Benson, I play Zandro, a male
4: wood elf ranger. Let us adventure on. We see Demathos, with all of its people lining up outside the Wizarding's Tower neighbor building, being moved to Crystaldale. Smiles on people's faces, a joy that has not been experienced in quite a long time. We pan out to see the land. Demon hordes are being held at bay at the forest edge of southwest Enon by a seemingly endless group of elves, and the rot seems to be held at bay as well. The orcs in the northeast desert of Enan in a glorious battle with the hordes of demon there, tearing through them, though they seem to be endless. The orcs seem to look free as they tear through each of the beings that are coming their way. Rangio still has a strong presence of demons, and seems to be more enforced as demonic mages seem to be trying to reset the portals there. Justice in the northwest seems to be overrun with seemingly normal clerics, though the rest of Enan now knows them as the hidden clerics of Damos. They are bustling to get something done, but no one knows what. The front of Diablana is holding, with more demons coming to replenish the hordes that have been destroyed there. Paladins seem to be moving the line further from the town and are holding their line with the help of the clerics fighting beside them we pan north and we see pirates port with some explosions other traps going off stopping the demons there from gaining any real ground out in the sea we speed towards the island that the crew found originally and we enter to see the sea the ship casting off a small boat with flowers and other trinkets lining the body of thomas fidget Moran. though tears are flowing forth the beautiful form of the half-elf Dafina stands on the edge of the ship She draws a celestial sword out of the ether and holds it high. Many of the crew with their bows raised shows them to have fire on the tips of their arrows. As the boat seems to make some distance away from the ship, she drops her arm, sword in hand, and a flurry of arrows strikes the boat and it bursts into flames. Sun sets over the waters and later on, on the same ship, we see a crew member going through the crowds of workers on the ship that are bustling around, getting things ready. They head to the captain's quarter and open the door where many people are standing around a map of adora the map shows different small ship tokens and a bunch of people pointing the man says admiral the ships are gathered and awaiting your order what do you need us to do we pan around the room as all heads turn in a single direction and standing at the head of the table with flames and lightning in her eyes and a non-existent wind blowing through her hair Dafina says We sail to Enon and cleanse the whole place, but more importantly, we kill the traitor known as Cleric Martin Wildstorm. We pan out to see a fleet of ships, small to very large, surrounding the faithful sailor, waiting for information and orders. Some rumors have spread about your group, how you, with the help of the queen, drug a boy into the wilderness from the wizard's tower and sacrificed them to the gods there to help. Others say that you have a pact with Deimos and that you have conned the queen into helping destroy their hopes, especially with the announcement of the new wizarding tower's leader found dead in his bed, the wound in his neck reported to be that of a beast fierce and ripped through the throat. No one heard it, so it is now said that Deimos if not you, are using invisible demonic assassins. Some people have spread their own good rumors about you, that the boy was taken to Crystaldale to rule, and you guided him to the very essence of the magical city and helped him to become that which with the city needs to see. Refugees and those that cannot fight are being moved to the newly restored flying city of Crystaldale, high above Lake Enon, near the capital of Domathos. As some things seem to get better, other things seem to tear at your soul. Crystaldale is back in the sky and magic flows through it again, but Fidget is dead, and a very powerful Dufina views at least cleric Martin Wildstorm a traitor, and the reason for the death and destruction... Not to mention that the Silver Mother is now calling upon Alicia to perform sacrifices. Xandro was starting to ease up around people, with a demon apocalypse seemingly bringing the best out of all of them. But after the incident with Defina, maybe not so much. And the return of Steve. So what's on the minds of the crew? Here in
0: these rumors, she's extremely upset. She's all about going out there to kill Deimos and wanting to restore everything back. She can't figure out why people think that she's the one or that this group is the one that's behind it plus she does not want martin to die as long as the jobs that need to get done and deimos is eventually stopped i guess she doesn't really care so much about the rumors they're not really affecting her because they're again rumors and she just wants to go out there and get Deimos, and that that's her main goal right now.
3: I imagine that the success of getting Crystal Dale back into the air has kind of bolstered Martin's confidence a bit. Not quite back to the levels that he used to be, but he's making progress. It bothers him how people are seeing him and the rest of the group, and more importantly, how... Defina now sees him, and he's trying to figure out how to go about restoring the not only Defina's but the people's confidence in
5: him and the rest of the party. I think he's uh, a little offended by the negative rumors, kind of picturing himself as, I came and started to open to these people, and now they're going to turn their backs on us. Knowing that the crew or the group has done everything that they can and the people are ungrateful for it he kind of figures that's typical of people you know maybe he's pulling back a little bit from the regular folk but he wants to prove that he's doing what he can to help the people regardless
4: so steve you come back to the group you you've heard that there were warriors in demethos and it sounded like people but you were busy you know with your newly found tribe and you started doing things around where are you at thought process wise
1: steve is troubled by these rumors he knows that they're fighting for the good of the people
4: and he wants to do
1: what he can to make sure they understand that whether it, you know be so he's he's out there he's going to fight whether that be you know physical with his sword or talking debating singing and <laughs> He's actually started working on his great masterpiece of, you know, a chronicle, an epic opera, whatever the heck you want to call it, of the deeds that this group has done. Maybe, you know, putting a little more positive spin on it than there, that might have actually happened. Making him look better than they actually are. He's out there to prove that they are good.
4: You guys rest that that evening. I mean, they You know that you got to get everything back. Jumping off of a 300 to 500 foot jump into a lake is taxing no matter what spells you're using. You guys know that this is a success and something in your repertoire. So you, you spend the night just recovering, getting things together, trying to figure out what the hell happened, why you some of your weapons were glowing i'm sure martin's wondering what happened with the tattoo why jundar is talking to him and not arlen is another good question you know you guys are the now the only champions that Enan knows with everybody else out there doing something different you're the only one at the queen's disposal and she's come to count on you martin alicia and zandro you guys are you know talking about what happened you're you're hearing positive rumors as well as the negative rumors. In fact, people have like people have given you some gifts because of their appreciation. They haven't done the full evacuation yet. They're still making sure that everything stays stable, and they're still working on Crystal Dale. But more and more people are starting to go up there, and and those are the rumors that there's somewhere to go now, and it's safe. I I really think that if if we get Pirates Port back up and
3: running, it'll be uh, very beneficial to us to have a working port where we can bring in goods and services and it'll it'll bolster our ability to bring in people from the other lands to to help us
5: i i agree it seems like that's probably the one that's closest to getting settled i'd have to disagree
0: there's really not much out there
4: there's, well, I there's mean-
0: no ships coming in there's no all the ports are destroyed i i don't think that should be our number 1 priority at this point
3: Well, as of a short time ago, Crystal Dale was sitting in the lake. I mean, the piers can be repaired and everything, and apparently there's a group there that's doing a pretty good job of of fighting off the demons. Perhaps if we secure the city, that would free them up to help us.
0: I think we should focus our attention on destroying that portal.
4: Right as Alicia says that, that's when you guys get to the Iron Fist Inn and you hear this beautiful, eerie... It's almost soul-piercing music coming from the inside the end. I've never heard music that beautiful before. I could use a drink. You want to? And I could definitely use some food. Xandro? Yeah, let's check it out. Sure enough, your favorite bartender, Rusty, is behind the bar. A dwarven man with red hair. He got his name Rusty because he used to be a blacksmith that worked with iron in a... You guys know that he had an accident in a blacksmithing shop, but he never talks about it. And when anybody ever asks, he just says, I had an incident. And he went to bartending, and he's a good person. Like He he usually keeps his ear to the ground for everybody and knows all the rumors that are coming up. He gives you guys information as you can. But as you walk in, even Rusty is drowned out, and you look over. and You've never seen this in your life, is everybody is silent listening to... Steve seeing this ballad and I imagine you wrote it probably when the demons attacked when you first appeared when you came out and it is this long drawn out story about finding a home setting in your feet and for whatever needs to happen whatever the cost defeating the demons that one has you guys walk in and, and literally you see this and like I said there is not a person in this place that's not looking and there are very few people with dry eyes.
0: seems Steve's been practicing.
3: Apparently. I'm gonna head over toward the, the bar itself to uh, grab
4: drinks and food and stuff. Rusty doesn't even turn his head. He's still just staring up at the stage and, and you see like through the, the big beard and all the hair, you can you can see there's liquid on his beard and it, it looks like it's coming from his eyes. I'm not even gonna bother him. Like I'm just gonna take a couple gold pieces and set them behind the counter and then I'll reach over and grab what I need. As you're on your way back over, he's like, oh, I've never heard such a beautiful tale of everything that we have to go through to get to where we're going. Don't you agree? And he looks over at you like he didn't care that you
3: did that. No, it's... I, I'm just surprised that this is coming from Steve. I think the last time we were in this tavern, killed somebody. That's Steve? I don't believe it. No, no, that's that's him. I, I'm just as... Shocked as you are,
4: I it must be a different, Steve.
3: No, 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 that's that's him. i've, I've we we met back up during the uh, the attack on Crystaldale.
5: Did you just say he killed people with his music?
3: Well, more or less. he, he basically drove them to suicide.
5: I mean, there may have been uh, extenuating circumstances, but this guy's singing right now, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it was a sad ballad, but I wouldn't think people would kill themselves over it.
3: Well, I mean, technically, he's, he's breaking the Queen's law right now. She she forbade him from singing or, or humming or, or playing any musical instrument at all. But I don't
4: know. I think she'd probably let it slide now. As you're saying all that, you see in the front row and with two of her guards, Queen Rebecca, enthralled with the music that's being played. The music ends then, and everybody starts clapping. People are on their feet. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll be back in a bit. You spot your... Old group going up to the bar and talking up there. He runs at him.
1: Hi guys. Hi. Good to see you.
4: That was
3: interesting, Steve. You've uh, definitely improved.
1: I have. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Yeah, you've come You're a welcome. long way. Like a really, really long way, Steve. I can't. I can't stress this enough. Long
4: way Rusty behind the bar goes. These guys said that their music kills people. I don't believe it, Steve. I think they're pulling my chain.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't believe it. You should not believe them.
4: You guys grab drinks. I'm pretty sure Steve orders up stuff and the food. And you and there's like, a, a, there's a table that opens up because people are like, no, no, come sit over here. We we got you. We'll go sit with our friends over there, Steve. You're becoming quite the celebrity here, Steve.
1: When you're good at what you do, stuff like that happens.
4: Uh, Alicia, you noticed the loot that Steve has is not his original loot. What happened to your other loot?
1: I, I, I lost it.
0: You never could keep track of that thing, could you?
1: For so long I did, but recently I lost it.
0: Well, maybe it's for the best. You're playing that one much better.
1: Oh, I was better with the other one, I think.
0: Oh, I don't think so. <laughs>
4: You guys are sitting at the table just for a while, just bullshitting for a little bit, not talking about anything. And a small gnomish guy comes up and goes, "Um, Steve, you know, we took a collection and, and here you go. It's it's not much. And he puts a bag up on the table and we really appreciate the music. And you guys see that this bag is overflowing. Uh, he's collected 500 silver. Looks like Steve's buying drinks. Well, Steve, it, it looks like you've managed to find your,
3: your niche here. Yeah, I think I have. I, I kind of strike back up the conversation that we were just having. Uh, I kind of turn back to the rest, the, the group as a whole. So where where do we stand on this? port or Rangio? What, what's going on? Just trying to decide what to do next. Uh, Piratesport, apparently there's a group there that's been defending it. And I, I personally think it would be a good idea to get the port back up and running. So supplies can be shipped in from other countries and as well as anybody
0: that wants to help us.
1: Yeah, That's a good idea.
0: But see, after traveling around the, the world, there really are no ports or other ships or really much goods that is going to be coming out of them. My thought is to go to Rangio. I heard they were trying to reopen the portal, which is bringing demons back.
1: Oh, that's no good.
0: Which is why I think it'd be best to take that down first.
1: Because if we do that, before we get the ports up, Maybe the demons stay here and we can tame them.
0: He brings up a good point.
3: Possibly speak to Rebecca about this, see if there's been any new developments or. Well, I mean, we could also send an envoy or, or go ourselves to the orc clans and, and maybe get their help. And then if we do that, we could possibly
0: knock out Rangio and Pirate Support. You know, it'd be nice to have more support than the four of us. Right.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea too.
0: But orcs? I don't see anybody else lining up to join us. They're good at killing. Plus, we yeah. can send them in first. They can be the front lines. Yeah, just don't call them the fire.
3: I take another sip of my drink and just kind of shrug and look around. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe the orcs are best bet at this point. Well, it is on the way. Steve, You, I think you mentioned that you had ran into a, a dragonborn clan or tribe or something down south. A little village. Not many. Not enough to really be any kind of substantial force. I don't know. I don't know. We could go after the orcs, I guess. That's probably
1: our best idea. I'd have to agree.
5: I mean, if it's on the way, we might as well
4: give it a shot.
3: Might as well. Yeah.
4: Just then, Martin looks over and sees the queen sitting at the table, still contemplating what she was hearing. No, I'll stand up and walk over towards her. You walk towards her, and as you get closer, you hear...
2: So touching. <clears throat>
4: uh, my queen?
2: Oh, um, yes, Martin. Yes. Uh,
3: I'm sorry to bother you. We just wanted to let you know that we were going to be leaving in the morning, heading to visit the, the orcs to the north.
2: I will have an official writ made for you, and you will be my envoys to the orcs.
3: Of course. We will stop by on the way uh, in the morning before we leave to get it.
2: Yes, swing by in the morning. I must get your official stories for the immortalizing of Adam Zan into the books of history. I also have a new discovery that will be a surprise for you all.
3: Very well. We will see you in the morning. I kind of bow
4: and turn around. And, and she goes... Away. Wait, wait! And she pulls out ten gold pieces.
2: Please give this to Steve with my apologies. He can play anywhere in my kingdom if it sounds like that.
3: Uh, I'll take the, the gold pieces. Okay. As you wish. I'll walk back over to the table and kind of plop the gold down in front of Steve and say, here, this is uh, from Queen Rebecca. She said, you're, you're welcome to play any time you want.
1: Okay. Thank you.
3: And I'll, I'll sit back down and look at everybody and, and say, uh, I, I told her our plan and she wants us to stop by in the morning before we leave. She's some kind of surprise. Uh, Steve, she said you're invited to come as well. Okay. Finish our drinks and food, and
4: yeah, the night goes on. People, people are doing good, and you've noticed that like some of the people are coming over to your table and just leaving objects on the table, not near Steve, near more like near Alicia, Zandro, and Martin. Some of them are like just little trinkets, from what they look like. It's probably the a family um something in the family that's been passed down from generations and. People aren't saying anything. They just drop off these little trinkets, some money, some food. Uh, your table is piling up with food, drinks, little trinkets.
5: At this rate, we'll never finish this food.
4: Hopefully, we can take it with us. I mean, we can.
3: Are there strays, like stray animals, or are there homeless in uh, Domathos?
4: Domathos does a good job about homeless normally, but since the demon apocalypse, everybody just kind of has been working together. Uh, A little girl comes over and walks up to Zandra, a little human girl. She shyly places this makeshift teddy bear in his lap and runs away. But the the evening goes on like this, and when you guys are done, you get up to go, and... A handful of people walk over just to shake your hands. Thank you for everything that you guys have been doing. A, a lot of people that are doing this too, you realize, are not people that are fighters. They're not people that. They're probably the people that are going to be the first people evacuated to Crystal Dale once that whole process is up and running.
3: Before I leave, I want to walk over to uh, to Rusty. Uh, I'll plop a couple silver down on the on the bar and, and be like, Rusty. One of these days, you got to tell me about that uh, about that accident.
4: I made it, but uh, it was just an incident, and uh, it's all good now. Sure, sure, sure. Have a good night, Rusty. I uh, you too. He says, "Martin, hold on, hold on." I have a, and he reaches underneath the bar and he pulls out. It's it looks like a mini pick, and he goes this, and it's on a chain. He says, "This is this has been in my family for a long time. I, I want you to wear this. It it, it would mean a lot to me."
3: Of course, I. Thank you. I'm very
4: grateful. I, the people are talking about you all being transformed into gods, and we just want to make sure that we have our favor when you transcend to the heavens.
3: Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll make sure that you don't come across any further unfortunate incidents. I, I'm I'm good with it now. I got the ball. I, I kind of laugh it off, but I, I will take the, the pendant.
4: Uh, you guys head to the castle and you sleep, Steve. In the middle of the night, your dreams turn from your normal pleasant dreams to horrific images in your head where you are battling. And in your original dream, you're battling these demons and you're holding your own. And it just seems like all of a sudden the long, the great sword in your hands just disintegrates and you have no weapons abound you. And as you go to cast some magic using song, demons grab your mouth and... You see them tearing you limb for limb. And Alicia, you are having a dream, sailing a ship with Martin again. And you guys are on the waves. You are crawling up the ropes as you remember the good times you did. You're setting sails, putting up ropes, um, getting everything to get set. When you look down, you see demons coming up to Martin. You go to climb down to get into action when ropes surround you and tie you to the mast and before you the demons tear Martin apart in front of you and you as well wake up. Both of you but you both wake up after these images and you both look around and you're fine. Uh, you're fine. Your weapons are around. Alicia, what do you do?
0: I'm gonna go get myself a glass of water and open the window and try to calm down and tell myself it was just a dream it was just a dream you head
4: into the common room where you know the water the fresh water is filled there and as you walk by martin's room you just peek in real quick you know the dream was very vivid and and you see him just sleeping there and you head over to the water basin what does steve do you hear movement out in the common room
1: lay there try to go back to sleep as well he likes his sleep you know who doesn't failing that He'll go out there, see what's going on.
4: Uh, as you walk out, you see Alicia filling up water in a glass.
1: He'll look at her and say, trouble sleeping for you too?
4: Yeah, it's been
0: like this for quite a while
4: now. Glass of water?
1: Sure, thank you. Looks like something's going on with you and the cap.
0: I don't know. I, ever since Martin disappeared for those few years, I, I don't know. I, I think I started to grow feelings for him, and it feels like it might have been the same with him. <sighs> I don't know. It's hard to explain. We're we're at that complicated stage right now. Of We're not in a relationship, and I don't think either one of us want that right now, but I don't know. I think there's definitely something there.
1: You two are good together. <sighs> I, I'm rooting for you.
0: I just hope we can get all everything turned back to normal, and Martin will go back to his old self.
1: We'll do our best, or we'll die trying.
0: It's all we can ask and he, for.
1: And he, after he says that, he, t- he basically chugs a glass of water.
0: As Alicia goes to hold up her glass, so much for a cheers. So much for what? A cheers,
4: a toast, clinking of glasses. Oh! Fine. You find it difficult, but you do get back to sleep uninterrupted. Uh, and you both get woken up because you hear movement in the common room where Martin and Zandro, who got enough sleep, are getting ready for the day. Uh, the sun's out. You guys definitely slept in.
1: Steve goes out there because he can think. He's like, oh! it's it's late, we should go. Let's get things going.
0: Alicia's gonna wake up and reluctantly roll out of bed and go see what all the commotion is outside. And when she sees everybody getting ready and um,
4: she's gonna say, alright, let
0: me go get dressed.
4: Food comes up, you guys all enjoy a meal and get ready for a long trip, so you pack up, or you head towards downstairs and the Queen's Guard is there and it's just like uh, the lady is waiting and her planning chamber's underneath the throne. You know where this is, you've been there plenty of time, and you head into the throne room to the left, there's a door right underneath there, and you walk in, and it's the place with the map. And she's looking over, and you see different red and green flags all over the map. What what are all the flags for?
2: I'm trying to get a grasp on the entire situation to better plan how to move forward on all fronts. But I'm sorry. Yes. Hold
4: on. Motion's at her scribe, he brings out a piece of paper, She hands it towards you guys. Who's going to take it? Yeah, I'll go ahead and grab it. Xandra, you grab it, you open it up, and it is a writ from the queen with her marking and seal in her signature saying that you are the official envoys to the orcs.
2: I believe Martin said that's where you were heading. That writ makes your standing official.
4: That's correct.
2: Please follow me. I have a surprise for you. We recently found this while exploring the castle. This whole throne room was sealed by magic for thousands of years, and my blood opened the seal. Recently some of the scholars wondered what other secrets these rooms might behold.
4: She leads you out the door and then back to the right, which usually just looked like a divot. It was like a uh, inset for a wall. You remember that there usually was some furniture here, some pictures hung up on the wall. That's been recently moved, and she moves and she pushes a brick. And the wall slides open, and there's stairs going down. She grabs a torch inside and says, Follow me. And she walks down the stairs. I'll follow.
1: Steve follows, and he's very excited.
4: In the throne room, you guys have seen the carvings. Uh, I described them last episode. You'll hear it. I, I added it in. It's different murals of heroes throughout history that nobody's really seen till now. Some of the religious folk claim that each one of them represents their gods. Some of them think it's just champions of the kingdom that were lost uh, over, actually over 10,000 years ago. You walk down, you see uh, a very dusty place open up into a room, and there are different weapons, armors, different things all over this place with different pictures showing what they've done you'll notice one is a golden mace that looks like a boulder that is intertwined with branches but it is made of solid gold and above it is a picture of a blue dragonborn in plate armor with the seal of uh, a god that you guys haven't heard of before there's this giant mace there the rose forged from the exalted dwarven craftswoman and got a steel steelhand and the arch-druid Wind Windtalker's magic. Set in the fires from the Mountain of Life, the rose was imbued with living wood and a rune-infused boulder. And it was the cooperative effort to build the ultimate weapon for Asara before she reached godhood. As the commander of the armies of the Mother's Own Silver Temple of the Rose, in the last demon uprising, 10,000 years ago. The gold look was the final spell added by the sorcerer Agito to make the weapon living and sentient. It now waits for a worthy paladin to claim it and ride with it into battle. There is a a giant greatsword down here. It, it, It looks wicked. It has spikes coming out of the hilt. It has two dragon heads that are etched into the actual guard of the sword the handle itself ends up with a dragon with a ruby in its mouth that's hanging and you see something that looks like a half man half demon wielding the sword cutting through things the demon forged sword kiss was created by the legendary demon folk hero javron before his death imbuing an elven crafted greatsword with the unholy demonic powers of his ill-begotten blood the greatsword was transformed into a power of might and strength against the hordes of clerics from the temple of deimos almost eight thousand years ago even though this battle ended his life using the powers of the vorpal greatsword javron stood alone destroyed so many of the unholy clerics that their attempt to take the throne of Adora by force was turned into only this single battle. There's other items down here. Alicia, you would notice that there are a set of wavy daggers. They have small protruding points coming out of the bottom of each of the hilts. Uh, One's dyed a red and one's a blue. Not like the red and blue hue that the queen's daggers have. The metal looks like it's been dyed this color. There's a picture here in the castle of, it looks like a cat person, something you've never seen before, and she seems to be cutting her way through a horde of goblins by herself with these daggers. The Twisted Sisters are the only weapons to be forged with devil and angel blood to fight back against the abominations of vampires in the lands of bengen the famous vampire hunter cloud a tabaxi received these gifts from the great god gomo to set the world into balance as cloud began his holy mission the vampires were thinned out to almost extinction they band together in one last ambush against the tabaxi not being able to touch the weapons after his death, they were brought later to the king with word of his death. These twin blades forged with the blood of angels and demons. One has a blue hue within its metal, the other red signifying each the blood that was infused within it. It has been said that these blades, when used together, can take the life out of its victim and transfer it to their wielder. Zandro, you see, a bunch of different elven carvings in here stuff that you've never seen but the the elongated ears is a representation of what your people believe to be the ancient elves their ears are smaller nowadays but when you see pictures or people talk about the ancient elves their ears are long they're they're almost six inches to eight inches long There's different ones all over the place. There's like two hand axes that are crossed of wicked designs. There's a quiver filled with arrows and one arrow hanging on the wall to show that the the tip is in the form of a fin that comes to a very sharp tip. You guys also feel that this place is filled with magics. And Queen Rebecca says,
2: When we uncovered this and saw the murals, I knew you could use the items here. Take what you need.
1: Steve is intrigued by that sword.
4: There's little plaques on the pedestals that are near this stuff to keep it where it is, too. If you wanted to take time to clean it and read it, you could.
0: I'm going to attempt to read the daggers so I know what they are.
4: You go clean off the plaque on the daggers. These are old plates, so it it was made of copper at one point and it's over. And you vigorously rub at this thing and you could see little words. The one thing that, that does come forward is it, it it says Twisted Sisters. These blades are exact opposites. They both curve in the same direction, but the blue blade, the blade is on the curvatured side, or the, the inverted curve side, where the other one, the blade is on the, the red one, the blade is on the outward curve, and the teardrop points that come out the bottom blades are also different where one goes down the rounded edge one goes down the straight edge see if i can pick up the uh the mace one-handed you go to pick up the mace and it doesn't move Can kind of shrug oh well need a hand there martin near the mace you see javelins they have the hand wrap in the middle but they look like lightning bolts there are three of them and the picture above it is a large half orc man throwing these and the picture makes it look like whatever they hit that a lightning strike flows out from that point in the orc lands of a noble knight first orc knight of the realm stood alone against the cults of the elementals friend of the druids and a devout follower of delia goddess of nature. He was gifted with the rods of nature. These javelins upon impact transferred its storm energy into a lightning strike. His victory was unmatched and is one of the few champions of Bengen to retire to a peaceful life. His name is still spoken in the lands today. They will always speak the name of Grom.
1: I'll just pick those up. And while he does that, Steve's going to go check out that greatsword.
4: Steve, you start cleaning the plaque, and this one is... It's pretty damaged. You can't read whatever the title is. The little tidbits that you get from this is half demon man decided that he wasn't going to stand for that part of his heritage and chose to turn his life around as you read down only one sentence that you can clean off underneath that is can cleave a man's head from his shoulders with one swing
1: oh that gets that Steve gets excited he goes to he he wants to pick up that sword
4: you pick it up and it's lighter than a normal sword but it feels because it's lighter you feel like you'd be able to do more damage and be more accurate with it. Oh, he'll take it. There are bows, arrows, weapons, and armors of every type. Studded leather, regular leather. There is a wardrobe that has robes in it. There are bracers. There are... It's... A room that just seemed to be collecting dust for 10,000 years with a bunch of things in them.
5: Can I find some good-looking studded leather armor?
4: Upon inspection of this giant armory and powerful artifact room, Xandro finds himself new studded leather armor that seems magical. He takes the quiver with the arrows in it, knowing that it would come to use in his longbow. Steve looked at the plate, trying to clean it off next to this black plate armor, but he couldn't read it. But he felt it calling to him. And he would place it on the gauntlet of spiking, the chest plate that looked like a red demon face. Martin comes across a shield that seems to have a word etched into it. And when he plays with it and says the word, it begins to revolve around his head. When you're done, the queen says,
2: This was an amazing find, and I hope that it aids you in your fight to save our lands.
5: Thank you very much. It'll come in handy.
2: The only thing I ask... Is that we don't kill any more kids. Wait, you guys killed kids?
5: We didn't kill any kids. No, not really.
2: They killed one kid. We did not kill a kid. Well,
5: technically, we didn't.
4: We killed an old man who turned into a kid. You head up and you're going to get ready to go. Is there anything that you want to shop for before you leave? I'll just restock my basic supplies. You guys head to the general store. It's on your way out. You know where it is. And uh, the shopkeeper's like, oh, come on. Uh, um, Anything you need today, 50% off. I am getting ready to go up to Dale. This will be the last time the shop's open. But um, anything you need for you guys, 50% off. Hell yeah, I'm buying armor. I about a falcon. <laughs> the, the shop owner's like, I'm sorry, the, the falconeer lost all his falcons in the demon apocalypse. You guys leave the shop. He thanks you again. He pulls out a crescent moon necklace and he says to Alicia please, please wear this um, and and take it with you and remember me when you enter into your celestial castle and uh, we will be praying to you. I will wear it proudly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. He leads you out and like when you leave he locks the door and you see him packing. He's getting ready to go. You start walking out. You pass the wizarding tower and sure enough the building next to it has a very long line of people. As you walk by people are grabbing at you. Uh, people are giving you stuff some people are scorning you and definitely giving you evil looks um, some of them you hear like eh, if it wasn't for them this, none of this would have happened and they're working with the demon lord you know people are handing you like little trinkets like that nothing any, nothing of power and they keep saying that they're going to pray to you in fact one new mother stops you Xandro, and asks you to bless her child
5: I'll just put my hand on its head and mumble something. Okay,
4: and and she's beaming, like, greatest thing that ever happened. You guys start heading down the road, going north. What was
3: that
5: all about? They think we're gods, or gonna be gods. I guess we're gonna disappoint them again.
4: Oh, I don't know about you guys.
5: You're gonna be a god.
4: Oh, yeah, sorry. Kinda, kinda like, I should kinda have been like more Oprah. specific about this. Steve, they were not trying to give you anything. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Kind of like Oprah. You're gonna be a
3: god, and you're gonna be a god, and you're gonna be
0: a god.
4: Hey, but you got money where we didn't true you head down the road it's daytime very little going on you do hear like demonic things in the forests martin you stop yourself from having a reaction but you pass the place that you know where fidget died just for a moment you twitch but not enough for anybody to see you getting closer to rangio though you can hear the demonic noises in the background it definitely has Way more of a presence than the last time you guys were here with Morthos.
3: I want to try and skirt it pretty far as we head up toward the, the orc areas.
4: You guys see Martin starting to gain a little bit of distance from Grangio. Aren't we going there? I thought we were going to get the orcs' help first.
5: I thought that's where the orcs were. That's where the demons are. Oh. Well, I mean, where are the orcs? How far are they from here? It's
3: about a half-day walk past Rangio,
5: maybe a little more. All right, well, I mean, we can go there. I figured since we were here, we could scout it out or something.
0: We can do it either way.
5: I mean, I'd like to scout it out, at least see what we're getting into, right?
0: Let's scout it out.
5: I, yeah, but Steve and I aren't the, uh,
0: the stealthiest.
5: Well, why don't the two of you stay here? keep an eye on us. If we uh, see something bad, we'll
4: head back. We'll come running. Okay. If you hear us screaming, you know we need help. You guys move so well and you get half the distance to the wall that Martin and Steve lose you for a second. Where you finally see them, you're you're almost surprised. Like, it doesn't make any sense how they both got there, but they did. You make it up to the wall with no problems and you hear a lot of commotion.
5: Well, do we want to risk climbing this wall to see if we can see anything? That's a lot of noise going on in there.
0: I'm gonna climb the wall and peer over. Well, Alisha just walks
4: up the wall. All right. I'll
5: just keep an eye out from where I'm at, trying to, you know.
4: Xandra, you're looking around. Bow at the ready. I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a, a arrow knocked, but not pulled back. You're looking up and down the walls and. At the last second, Martin, you see a demon patrol coming around, but you didn't see it originally. It's about to get where Zandro is. Alicia, you look over, and the rumors were underestimating the demon presence here. At this distance, you can't see anything else. Either they got that portal up and moving, or demons are coming here to get ready for something. Martin, you just caught sight of them. They're about to come up on Xandro. They don't look like they've seen him quite yet.
3: I want to shove Steve like as, as hard as I can away from me.
4: What? Martin reaches over and pushes Steve. Steve, realizing that he can trust Martin, moves away from Martin. And I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. You push him far enough away because he goes with it. You pick up your foot and stomp and... A big thunderous roar comes around the valley. Xandra, you hear this, and you look over to where you know Martin is, and you see the the dust and dirt cloud that comes from one of these. And just at that moment, you see two demons heading towards where you know Martin is, but you don't know what's going on over there. Alicia, you hear this as well, and you look over, and you have a better view from where you are. You look over towards that way, and you see Martin looks like he's, you know, one hand and a knob, and he looks like he just stomped on the ground, and you you heard this thunder, and you see this cloud going. At this moment, on the corner of your eye, you see something, so you come down off of the wall, and sure enough, you see the two demons going across the field to where their position is. Now, the demons do look like two shadows, by the way, like foggy black clouds. Let's follow them. You guys take off they don't seem to hear you coming and martin steve you now notice what martin was doing he made a lot of noise and as you look you see two demons flying they're smoky demons flying through the air at you
1: out a second thought steve will turn towards martin kind of a little little draconic roar type of thing
4: as they get I'd say,
3: we'll say 60 feet from you. Uh, during that, that run-up, I would have activated my, my shield. Once that's up in the air, as soon as they hit that 60 feet, I'm going to throw one of my javelins at them.
4: Uh, you hit one of them dead on. The lightning spreads out. It seems to absorb into them. Bonus action, I can throw another one, can I? I? Uh, it hits Three. again. The lightning spreads out. and seems to absorb into them. They're starting to move into the forest. I'm going to wait on them to come to me. Zandro, you are... Following, you're about 60 feet behind them because you and Alicia both took off. So, you see one get hit by two javelins, lightning erupts, but it seems to absorb into them.
5: So, Hunter Markham, I'm just gonna assume I had just a regular arrow knocked. So,
4: the arrow hits him, you hear him slightly scream out, not super loud, but then he turns. The other one keeps flying towards Martin, but this one turns and starts flying at you. Yeah, your arrow pierces it in the neck and it hits the ground and it seems to dissipate into like a million little pieces and just fade into the ether. Nice. You easily grab your arrow as you run by. Uh, You see the other one too and you grab that as well. The next one gets up to Martin and it claws out at you. As the claws hit, they seem to go into your body. And you feel this within you. You fight against it. You don't scream out. But these definitely are different kind of beings. You strike out with your ability. And as it hits, you see most of it just absorb into its being. You're not sure what it's done. But that will take us to Steve. You hold on to your sword as you overextend your strike and miss the demon. All right, you bite into this demon.
1: And when when that happens,
0: Steve
4: will just let out a, uh, a roar. I am going to leap up with my
0: daggers drawn.
4: Alicia, you find a stump. You jump up in the air. You come down with both daggers. Both daggers seek into this demon. You pull them apart and whirl at the same time. And as you do, the demon seems to stretch out and explode and turn into nothing as it goes back into the ether. And you land right in front of Martin. Daggers out in a crouching position. You look up and you see Martin there and you stand up, brush off a little bit of the the stuff that's not there anymore, like it got on you. Xandra, you catch up and you saw this happen before your eyes and you walk up to the group and you're all in the woods about 600 feet away from the wall.
5: Well, they weren't that bad.
4: I'm keeping an eye on the
3: city itself, making sure nothing's coming from there, like making sure nobody else heard it as well.
4: Okay, you see other patrols outside the wall, and they're definitely like stopping and moving like they're looking for something. One of them stops, looks at the ground, and looks your way. He must have found tracks. We gotta go.
3: Let's let's get out of here before they catch on to us, and I'll kind
4: of point to them. Might be a good idea.
5: I am going to cast Pass Without a Trace, and say let's let's get out
4: of here you all start running through the woods and with xandro as your guide you guys make good time through the woods you get a good distance and look behind you and you realize that you're not even snapping a twig you've moved through without leaving a trail and you feel okay as you come up to the line looking at the desert before you even this far you hear orcs and demons fighting it is loud in front of us yes but like in a really good distance you can't even see it and the desert's pretty much flat with a couple of dunes
3: run to the highest dune and use my uh eagle totem
4: ability so you guys see martin just take off running towards the dune follow him yep yep. you make it up to the dune and you guys can't see anything it looks like Way in the distance, there's little spots. There are definitely something there, but you can't see them. Xandro or um, Martin, you look out and you can see the making of a city. And around the city, you see this great battle. Thousands of demons seeming to be fighting hundreds of orcs. And to your surprise, the orcs are tearing through the demons very easily and seeming to have a good time of it. All of a sudden, out of the sand, you see... What looks like elves appear. They come up behind the demons and start attacking them. And behind you, you hear, are you here to watch the slaughtering? And as you turn, you see a beige color elf wrapped in tunic and wrappings with two daggers in his hand and a rapier on his hip. And that's what we'll do
0: as always you can follow us on all of the social media pages but i would also like to give a shout out to our friend the full frontal nerd you can follow her at twitch.tv tffnerd nerd she does a lot of cool stuff so uh, make sure you get out there check her out
3: hey guys you can follow me on twitter at elmo the usurper also if you guys want to go check them out you can listen to
4: The Watch Your Mouth Podcast.
3: You can check them out anywhere you can uh, download podcasts.
4: That uh, motherfucking uh, swearity. Sorry, I need to throw that in there.
3: (laughs) Right. Also, here pretty soon, we we should be getting the t-shirts in, and we'll be shipping those out. They should already be shipped out uh, as this airs. Uh, But if you would like to purchase one, they will still be available for purchase.
4: Well, you
1: can find me on Twitter at MasonicMike1027. And you should all go listen to Dungeons and Dragons wherever you get your podcasts.
5: You can check me out at Twitch at Bros Old Guy. You're on Twitch now? Twit, twit, Twitter. There we go.
4: <laughs> I'm up to 156 or 256 followers. Woo! You can follow all of us at Bros and Dragons, all one word, on any social media event. You can go over to MySpace and listen to everything that we've ever downloaded. YouTube, all the other social media events. You can come out and talk to us, especially on Facebook or Twitter at Dragons, you can follow me on twitter at DM doc i think i just broke the 2500 fan mark i'm not sure you can follow us on the business a uh, website is coming yes shirts are available yes please listen to watch your mouth or li- watch, please, yes please listen to watch your mouth podcast and their swearity please listen to uh dungeons and dragons all these are great things we did a crossover episode um episode i believe 32 you can go back and listen to that um Please check out uh, "Out of Character." Give that a chance and listen to these guys complain about me to Adam on off weeks when we're not recording. Help us out by spreading the word. Use the hashtag Bros and Dragons. Tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Tell your enemies about this. Um, it's been long enough that and then they have to try to catch up. Just spread the word to anybody who will listen about this podcast. If you like what we're doing, head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating or review. And in the review, if you'd like, give us five stars and totally rip on us. We would love for that to happen. We are streaming our podcast now uh, every other Tuesday when we're recording on twitch.tv forward slash and Dragons, all one word. I think that's a lot of stuff to throw at you guys. So I will just leave it with keep it nerdy and live your dreams. Later. You guys don't have to. I would love to hear reactions and laughters and you guys cussing me out about shit, but the dinging you, Doc. and that stuff, that's got to go away. And that's our holy man. Oh. Come across the tavern. We we never named this tavern. Somebody, real quick, somebody give me a name. Rusty's. Uh, somebody give me a good name. Iron Fist Inn The Iron Fist Inn is a good one Anybody else
1: That beats what I was going to say
4: Okay and John shaking his head yeah Alright so it's the Iron Fist Inn So let me make a note on that one uh, But you go to the Iron Fist Inn It was named some- the bar- Sorry what
3: Can the bartender at least be named Rusty
4: Maybe Somebody want to crack open the quest log and tell me what's left in there? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Do we have one of those? Keith's face was no. perfect for that one. <laughs> no,
5: no, we don't. I, I think we dropped that in the lake, Lake Enon, and we lost it. Yeah, it's gone. It, it, it's gone.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Anybody smell a burning sensation like pants or something on fire? (laughs) I I don't
3: know. Yeah, just don't call them the fire, call them Marines. (laughs) I didn't want to say it. Do not let
5: that one (laughs) pass. That was pretty
0: good. I did not want to, I was not going to say it.
4: Uh, Sorry Tom <laughs> I was talking no, was I was uh, talking to a marine buddy one time And we were talking about like you know The same old army's better, marines are better And he goes you know why the marines are better Because we run towards the bullets When they're firing I said that's interesting And the army were taught to shoot back
0: <laughs> Bort uh,
4: Yes and it you you would be a great about It would be a great callback To Dungeons and Dragons If you just go ahead and throw that in there for us too <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you'd like to know more about Bort's story go and watch the Dungeons and Dragons crossover episode
4: <laughs> or, or listen to it since it's a podcast
3: no you watch it you watch that timer tick down
0: <laughs> I miss Bort
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still all up in Crondo. Aren't they? I
4: they are all up in Crondo. Like they are all up in Crondo. He is so <laughs> uncomfortable right now with how much people are up in him.
0: He is.
3: <laughs> I got what you did there.
4: Yeah.
0: Any chance he gets to bring up
4: Crondo. I mean, you throw that softball out there.
3: Well, I mean, that's I no, I that was a hundred percent intentional. I knew where that was going as soon as I said it. <laughs> 100% intentional. Right, but I don't want to talk business when she's trying to party. <laughs> you think she's lit? Might be. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll go, go over and find out. I'll go over and find out. She's got I'll the crown there.
4: over her head, like,
3: woo! Come up, people
0: up on a table. Right. <laughs> Can of shrug. Oh, well. Need a hand there, Martin?
4: <laughs> you guys were having a conversation about God. Sorry. I guess it was over. Really? It was
2: over. I believe that's where Martin said... You, Martin doesn't... Oh, fuck. I believe... I uh, believe... Do you believe I can do this live?
1: Less teacher excited, more mystery.
2: Oh. Call okay, me. kids! Quiet coyote. <laughs> they killed one kid. Keeping
4: that one in
2: there. <laughs> it killed one kid. This has been a Bros and Dragons production.